shortest, we just want to share a few thoughts from one of your parables. I pray that you would speak to us deeply and embed something in our hearts, bury something in our minds that we can then live from and live by. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. If you are a regular churchgoer, then we just really welcome you. Would you turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 13? If you don't normally come to church, we just really think it's great that you've come. And we just really appreciate you being with your mom on Mother's Day. And we get it that perhaps this all seems a little bit strange that these people pray and talk as if God is here. That we sing as if we mean it. And we pray as if God's in the room. Well, here's a little bit of news. He's here. He's here right now. And he wants to speak to you. In Matthew chapter 13, from verse 31, Jesus has got two sentences that, that we can read. And he says it this way. Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which was very small, planted in a field. Now, when Luke writes this, he says, a man took a seed and planted it in his garden. And some translations have it that way. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of the garden plants, and it grows into a tree. And birds came to make nests in its branches. A few years ago, uh, I was asked by the police to check somebody out. And I said, oh, I know a friend of a friend who can help me do that. And you know what they said to me? They said, oh, don't worry doing your friend of a friend. We've asked the American ambassador to meet him off the plane and uh, he'll check him out for us. And I was thinking, what? What level am I at? I thought my friend of a friend level would do well. And you know what? As a mum, you, you do things, and also parents actually, and well actually all of us people, we do things day by day by day by day that seem so routine. But actually... Jesus wants to infuse a touch of heaven into your life. And in this parable, I want you to just notice something. He says, this is what the heaven kingdom is like. And today, you might be thinking, what is all these people about? Well, actually, I'd like to introduce you today to a different level. To a different thing. To, a, to something that's perhaps a little bit different that you might not have con considered. And I think as Christians, sometimes we're going about our routine, aren't we? And we, you know, we're kind of plodding through and we're ticking off the box of going to church. But we can make everything so routine and so mundane that we miss the fact that Jesus wants us to leave and learn. He wants us to leave a faith legacy, but he wants us to learn something important about heaven and what his kingdom's like and how important even he wants to be to us, even in our everyday life. You see, Jesus isn't delivering here some sort of Aesop's fable, but he's talking 
about principles of how the kingdom of heaven will be. And even in our ordinary lives, even when we do the faithful things day by day, you know, making the breakfast, doing the things, you don't know exactly how God can use that. I wonder when the parents of Theresa May, no matter what political persuasion you are, when the parents of Theresa May were making the toast for breakfast, when did they realise they were raising the next Prime Minister? When did they realise what they were doing? Perhaps later on in life. But I want to say to you today, have you boiled your life down to, let me just get through the week. Let me survive. Let me, let me just make it to the holiday. And there's nothing really of a higher level. There's nothing really special or important. It's kind of just a little bit materialistic. And I think as Christians, we can get into the same thing. We just make church a routine. In this parable, Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven. It's the most important level that you can learn. We are in a particular way of living our lives. And yet, what Jesus wants to do today is deposit something, some learning, some idea into your life that will be of primary importance. Now I know you've got lots to do afterwards. I know you've booked a meal and everything, but can you stay with me just for a bit and think, okay, Put something important into my life, God. Instead of everything being just so. And I think I'm talking to the Christians as well today. Here's some principles of the kingdom and the principles of understanding what God's about from this parable. Number one, we're responsible for what's planted in us. Jesus said here, a seed was planted in a field. But when you think about the kingdom, what happens is this, is a seed is thrown out there or sown, then it has to be embedded and planted, then it has to take root, and then it bears fruit. That's kind of the process of what happens. And I'm just wondering today, first principle is, have you allowed... The thoughts of God and the ideas of God and the things of God to actually be embedded in your heart and in your life. There's a lot of people who I would call uh, churchgoers who just make it a surface thing. They go and they tick a box and, and they like the music and, you know, when Ure was dancing about, I thought we were going to have a birth on stage. <laughs> Sister... You've got more energy than me. When that baby comes, it's going to be a worshipper. It really is. Amen? That'd be good, wouldn't it? But I was thinking, you know, there are some people that like the atmosphere. But that surface. What Jesus said is, you've got to take this, it's like a seed, and you've got to embed it. You've got to plant it. You've got to take it under the surface. You've got to... Get around it and nurture it and think about it and process it. I'm going to ask you, what are you planting in your life? 
In Luke's version, or another Gospel's version, it says it's like a great mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. When you have repeated thoughts, they bury into your mind and into your heart. I want to ask you today, I wonder what repeated thoughts you have embedded in you. And I wonder what route they are taking, and I wonder what shoot they'll do, and then fruit they'll produce. You see, you've got to check out the source and the direction of the thoughts that you have. Because there'll be a source to every thought. It will come from somewhere. Jesus is talking in Matthew 13 and he, and he does like three mystery parables. And the first one is like uh, where he sows a field and weeds grow up as well as the, the crop. And, and actually somebody says an enemy's done this. There's been a source. I just wonder whether or not you've got a little bit of forgiveness to do to parents. I wonder today whether you've got some labels and some source in your life where that's embedded, that's planted in your heart. Perhaps some, some pastor, some church in the past has treated you rough and, they, you know, they didn't mean it whatever. Maybe it's me, I don't know. But you need to just get that out of your heart so that you can actually think through what God is trying to say. You see, the thought that God wants to place in your mind of the kingdom is he wants to bury this in your heart of how much he loves you, how much he's got a plan for you. Well, that his kingdom's the best. That it may be difficult sometimes where your life will go to a much different place if you'll just give it a chance to embed those ideas in. Of course you've got to think it through. And of course it can't just be placed on you. But I, I find that today in our Twitter world and Facebook world, everything's so shallow. If you look on Facebook today, everybody has lovely meals. <laughs> they never have a bad meal. Now I know that's not true. Because I cook sometimes for Kathy. And, and what we've got, we've got a world where, where things don't embed. Well, God's saying, look, will you just let this take root and think about it? Because it'll produce something good. It's not too late to switch kingdoms. Because mark this, you are in a kingdom. You'll either be in the kingdom of the self or the kingdom of God. I wonder which one will lead you better. So first thing that we need to understand is things get planted in our lives and we have to be careful where they're going to take us. But we need to understand in order for Christianity or the kingdom or your faith and your discipleship to grow, you've got to plant it. It's got to become less than surface. You know what they say about us as a big church? That we're just into the big gig. That we just want to celebrate and sing and chat and laugh and clap. But we're not really deep. Well, I want to challenge you today a little bit to say, I don't think we're like that, are we? Okay, are we? No. Come on, more of you. Are we really like that? No. I want it to go deep. Don't you? So why don't we begin to say to the Lord, Lord, plant the things that you've got for me really deep. Second thing is, small things are vital. 
In the kingdom of God, small things are really important. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seed. Have some of you seen your children shoot up and you think, how did, you, how did that happen? You know, we've just seen little old Nathan, haven't we? Uh, well, little young Nathan, should I say. And he's going to be one of these lolloping teenagers where you're tripping over his feet all the time at some point in his life. But you know, when children grow up, it's the regular small things, the repeated things that parents do that mean more to them than perhaps the big bike at Christmas time. I know those things are important. But it's the note in the lunchbox that says, I'm thinking about you today. It's the, well in my case, it was playing exciting music before church. I always built up the fact that going to church was a good thing to my Girls, we didn't ever we tell them off or anything before church. What we would just do was just make an exciting experience. And my daughter, who's a pastor today, she would say, "Dad, you always make church sound like it was going to be great even before we got there." It's the little thing of choosing the snack that you know that they like. It's the little things that your children will remember. Those repeated little things. It's the small, repeated thoughts that God wants to place in your heart that will make a difference. It's the little expression on somebody's face that God allows you to see and speaks to you and says, why don't you go and help that person? And it's that little ask that often produces a great result in the kingdom as you go over and help them and you understand that you've just changed their world. It's the embrace to the, to the person who's not been embraced all week. And the only place on Sunday that they get embraced is here. It's that that changes things. Now of course, it's those repeated little things that build a foundation so you can do even greater things. But I'm just wondering today whether you're the sort of person that wants to look for the massive ask and you're ignoring the little thoughts and inclinations right in front of you. There was a man in the Bible named Naaman. He was a great commander, and he, but he got a, a skin disease. And the way to heal it was a prophet said to him, go and wash in the Jordan River. And because he was so important, he thought it was beneath him. I mean, if somebody said to me, go you dip yourself in the canal, I'd think, my man, that would make it worse. And he thought it was beneath him. And yet his friends and his servants gathered around him and said, if he'd asked you to do something big, wouldn't you have done it? Why can't you do this little thing? And as I've been thinking about this message today, I've been thinking that I needed to say to somebody that God's put something little in front of you and you're just ignoring it. First principle is... Thoughts from God need to be planted and we can't be surface. Second thing is, is that what we need to understand in our lives is that small things and small asks are vital. That's how God starts a great work. Third thing is this, growth is expected. In the kingdom of God and in the things of life when you walk with Jesus, 
Jesus' vision for your life isn't there, there. Stay the same. He's going to look at your life and say, I am expecting to change and grow you. Not only is it expected, but it's growth that's supposed to be obvious. In this parable, it says this smallest seed became the largest plant in the garden. It was obvious. It wasn't, oh, we're not really into what that looks like. This parable says this was a huge statement. I want you to know that God has an expected and huge statement about your life. No pressure. It's by His Spirit, with His help and with His wisdom, but growth is expected. You know, somebody told me this week that a beautiful woman is made up of average things. That actually scientifically, that because they've got average eyes and average nose size and average cheekbones, that makes them beautiful. I kind of said to him, how would it be like if I went to Kathy and said, oh darling, you're so average today. <laughs> oh, I just think, what an average woman you are. You're just so average in my eyes. Guys, would you like to try this? Because this is free romance tips for you. Just, just whisper in her ear right now and say, Hello, average. What a darling you are. Oh, man. Let me nibble your average ear. Why don't you try that tonight? See what happens? I don't know. Something might happen. And then you might get a clout. I want to say to you, I agree. Like Phil and Pat, you know, faithful, you know, coming, doing the faithful thing. And, and that's how the church is built. But I want to let you know something. You are meant to be average. You see, parents are really funny. Because they want their children to fit in and not stand out and don't do anything weird. Don't embarrass me. But they want them to be special at the same time. Sometimes you need to look back at your parents and say, you want me to be unique or you want me to fit in? Which is it? Because no, both can't happen. I'm going to say to you as parents, stop worrying about them. Stop worrying about the quirks that they've got. God's building something in them. The kingdom of God does not make you just average where you plod on and no growth is expected. The kingdom of God puts things in your life, God puts things, some, in your, some things in your life so that you excel at some things. You may not be famous about it, but you will excel at some things where you can connect with some things that will make you so useful in this life. Growth is expected. Here's another principle. The seed becomes a tree. In fact, often Jesus talked about seeds and he said, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, then it can't grow. And what happens is a seed that looks so small becomes something totally different. How do you get a tree from a seed? I've noticed some things that when you allow God in your life and when you allow to run with God a bit more, Christians, 
He will make some things completely different out of you that you never thought could happen. Jesus comes along, he dies for us on a cross, a man dying on the cross, and it looks like a complete tragedy, and he saves the whole world through it. He saves the whole world through that. It looks like one thing, but it's another thing. And that's what God wants to do with you. He wants to put things in your life where it looks like one thing and you become completely different. My children are completely something I never thought. But one thing, they both took maths A level. Where did they get that from? <laughs> from Kathy. They certainly didn't get it from me. And they're completely different. When I was young, you won't believe this, but I was quite sporty. One mountain bike ride at Centre Parks convinced me, both of my girls, and if you're listening on the recording right now, girls, I just want you to know I love you deeply, but you're not sporty at all. <laughs> they nearly killed me. And actually, I want to speak to something serious. Parents can often have a spirit of containment on their children. And actually there can be a spirit of containment on us. And here this parable teaches me, you get a little seed, I can make it something. I can break them all. I can change it to something huge. Have you got PCC just pegged? You just think, well, I just know what it is. I just think that it will be this, and I'll just go along and I'll sing my song. And you know, what if, what if, dream with me for a moment, what if 700 teenagers give their lives to Christ tonight and all want to come to church next week? You won't get a seat. You see, God wants to take us out of our containment, out of our sense of, I just know what's happening Ness. And he wants to break that containment. And you know, and I've been, as I was preparing this week, I know that in my spirit, I heard something in my spirit saying, tell them they are not to be contained. And then what you've got to do is to stop containing even the work of God in your life. He wants to do something unusual with you. And if you're here for the first time, you might be looking at us saying, I have never heard anything like this. But where God can take your life will be absolutely unusual and different for you. It will be amazing. You have to break off the spirit of containment in your life. Let me just wrap up by saying this. In this parable, the tree grows. And growth attracts things. And sometimes not always good things. We sang a song earlier about walking in miracles, walking in power, I know who I am, and I'm growing in God. When you grow, you can attract things to your life, and you will. And what Jesus does is he sandwiches this parable in between two other parables, as I mentioned earlier. The first story that he tells is that in this growing field, somebody comes in and, and sows some weeds and some things that shouldn't be there. And after this parable, he talks about a woman and putting some leaven in, in this 
dough and that goes through the whole lump and there's, a, there's something there. And as our church grows, of course when something grows, it's supposed to be big so that it can offer shelter and help and resource to others. And that's a good thing about growth. Oh, you know, in fact, all growth, it, growth in your life, if you grow and, and become something really different than what, you, what you've been traditionally, you know, it's there so that you can offer something to others. Amen, church? We're not just growing so that we can have self-fulfillment. And I remember a few years back, uh, through, through the times of the riots, I was, I was asked to go and make a video. What, what I didn't know was, I wasn't going to go and make a video. They said, dress smartly because we want you to make this video. And I said, I don't really want to make this video for the West Midlands Police. They said, well, nobody wants me on a video. And uh, they said, and actually when I got there, it wasn't about that. I was going to meet Prince William and Kate. And they kind of hidden it and they said we've got a secret location we're taking you in a secret van and I was thinking and, and the funny thing was they had nowhere to park I said well you can park at our church if you like and we ended up in Summerfield Community Centre and I met William and Kate and began to talk to them about our church and as I came out I was overcome with grief because my mum had died a year before and I know that she would have loved that. And I didn't have anyone to tell. I mean, Kathy was just really thrilled, and of course I told Kathy, but, but you know, wouldn't you like to tell your mum that you'd met the royal family? And I felt like I didn't have anybody. I called my boss actually in the end and said, hey, I've just met the princess in Royce, aren't me for? <laughs> You see, when God does something in your life, when you've got good news, then share it. You need to share it. And some of you are in this materialistic culture where we're grasping and we're grabbing and we just want to grow bigger. And, and of course, BCC wants to grow bigger, but if God makes us a big tree, we're here to share and be sheltered to other people. Amen, church. But you know, not all growth and not all what you attract is healthy because here the attraction of the birds is actually a warning symbol. When it says that some birds come in lodge in the branches, the birds in this parable of the sower steal the word of God. And there's a book at the end of the Bible that says that uh, the false system has foul birds in it. And I just want to say to you that as you grow and as you're established, and some of you are established Christians, I just wonder who's lodging in your branches. I just wonder that you might be established, but you've got some unlawful lodgers, and you need to go back to that mustard seed faith. That actually your growth has attracted some things. That you've established some things, and you, you are this person, and the enemy has seen a, a kind of opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to get involved there, because this is what birds do. They sit on your branches and they eat your fruit. And some of you have read this parable, as if, oh, isn't that nice, the birds come and rest on the branches. 
But I just wonder if you've got some lodgers in your life where Jesus has paid for your life completely and you've got some people where they're charging you rent. And you need to release some people out of your life that perhaps even on this Mother's Day you need to say, I'm going to just make sure that my heart's right because I've got some attitudes in my heart that have been lodging there that as I've grown, I've never dealt with them. You might even have some people in your life. You see, when you do a great thing for God, when you become a great church, maybe you get some lodgers who say, well, I'll go, but I'm not really a part of things. Hey, why don't you just become a part of the tree and not just lodging with us on the branches? We love you. We want you to be part of things. You will change. You will grow some great things in your life. Maybe you've come for the first time today and you say, well, this is great. Why don't you come back? It will do you good and you will change as you embed it into your life. Let me close by saying this. Jesus simply said to folks, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come, mustard seed faith. This was a mustard seed tree. He only used that twice. He said, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this tree and it will move. Or you can speak to this mountain and it will move. The two times he said that, the first time he said it, the apostles asked them and they said to him, how can I grow my faith? And he said, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed. Which was confusing to them. And then he went on to tell them a story. It's in Luke 17. It says, if you will be the person that says, I will obey you no matter what you say. Let me talk to you as an older Christian today. Have you, did, was it used to be the case where you would do anything for Jesus and now it's a negotiation? Actually, Jesus says, if you want to grow your faith, he tells them a story about servants working in the field all day, and then at the end of the day, they still have to serve the master. And he says, just do that. In other words, have the type of faith that says, whatever you ask God, I'll do it. And the other times he uses it, he says, the, the disciples couldn't cure a situation. And he said, unless you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain, and it can be removed. And have we gone away from believing for the impossible? Now I know you've had some knocks. And I know that you've had some things that have happened. Where perhaps you've thought God hasn't answered it. But I wonder today whether you could see your problem. And Jesus said speak to that mountain. Speak it out and say I'm praying about that. Please, would you just stand with me and we'll close our service. You see, you have to have a faith that says, I'm going to keep believing even though I've got a mountain of a problem before me. And sometimes, even if God says no to you, he'll make something better in your life. I've had people say to me, well man, I did this wrong, or I, I, this situation was terrible, and, and it wasn't God's will, and what God, because of His grace, makes it right, and then they think, oh well, it must have been God's will. No, it's not God's will, it's God's grace, where He's working things out for you. 
God is great at course correcting. So if you want to get back to a good faith and leave a legacy, number one, have the sort of faith that says, God, if you ask me to do something, I'm going to do it. And number two, I still believe that you can move my mountains. So what I want you to do right now is just close your eyes and under your breath, I want you to speak to your mountain. I want you to say, I don't care how long it takes, God, I believe you can deal with that. Just right now, speak it out. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for being together as family. But in these last few moments, you could make some important choices in your life. Perhaps you could choose to say, I'm going to give this a little bit of a go. I'm going to plant it a little bit deeper and I'm going to come back and listen again. Perhaps you could say to yourself, I don't want to be contained and I'm going to stop containing what God is doing in my children's life. I know about discipleship, I'll be faithful, but God, I want you to do something unusual with me. Why don't you say that to yourself and to God now? But why don't you have the sort of faith that says, well, if you just want a little mustard seed that says I'll obey you, that I'm going to do that, even in the little things. You might have a mountain in your life. We're going to sing a song. And it's a faith declaration. Tony's going to lead us. I want you to sing it with all your heart. But sing it over the thing that you think is standing in front of you. Some of you have been disappointed. You've had disappointing news. I want you to say that news out loud and say, God, I am speaking to that and I'm asking you to change it. Me, me and Kathy have got a situation in our lives and, and we, are, we are trying to act in faith as if God's already answered it. Not in a silly way, but in a wise way. But just to say to God, God, we believe you that you're eventually going to answer us and if you don't do the answer that we we want we believe you've got a better plan that's what we're saying can you sing this song as a prayer with us now I'm going to ask one or two folks if you need to come out for prayer I'll come back up halfway through the song and we'll we'll ask you to come forward for prayer but here's another thing if you would like to take communion with your mum, and you'd just like to share a little bit of bread and wine and say, well, thank you, mum, and I want to pray for you in Jesus. At that same time, I'm going to ask you to come and we'll move this communion table and we'll open it up and you can take communion with your family. Is that all right? Let's sing together, shall we? Thank you for listening today.